Hey everyone, this is Anthony Grant, and I want to introduce you all to this podcast. It's called Superstar PR, and it's all about entertainment insider chats with Nikki, the founder of the PR agency, Nikki Inc. This podcast chats with some serious entertainers and media insiders, always choosing people who are making a difference in the entertainment world and who have cool stories to share. Happy listening. Hi, guys. My name is Nikki Papayuenu, and this is Superstar PR. I'm the CEO and founder of a Toronto boutique PR agency called Nikki Inc. And today's guest is a chef to the stars and someone I have great respect for. Never mind that, his food is so good. He owns a restaurant in Brampton named Jay Red Co., and that makes a mean Thai dish. And he serves some major personalities, including but not limited to the late Robin Williams, Tim Allen, and Courtney Cox, who might have him on speed dial. So without further ado, please welcome celebrity chef Jason Rosso. Jason, how are you? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, you know, we're living the dream here. We're so excited to have you. Excited to be here. So, I mean, your world is a fascinating world. Yeah, fascinating. I guess you can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, let me ask you, um, where did the passion for food come from? Like, what made you want to be a chef? Uh, you know what? It's, it's really the only thing I've done for uh, like 30 years. I, uh, I started cooking. It's the first job I ever had. Uh, I stayed cooking. and. Um, and I just traveled around the world doing food and I never really tried any other business, never really got my hands involved in anything. I've always been crazy about food, crazy about restaurants and, uh, and just stayed with it. So I was pretty lucky right out of high school. Wow. So where have you traveled with food? Like where has this taken you? I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of world travel and live in some really cool countries. Uh, I was in Japan for quite a while. I was in Southeast Asia, Thailand, Vietnam. Uh, I was in the Middle East for a little bit in United Arab Emirates. I was in uh, Europe for a little bit. I've done some consulting work in Switzerland. Uh, I was in South America for a little bit in Venezuela, and then I've been all over Canada as well. So yeah, so a lot of uh, a lot of uh, cooking and traveling and eating. Wow, my passport's a little jealous. So where did the best inspiration for food come from, country-wise? You know what? I I, I don't draw inspiration from one country. Like I I really love multicultural food. I love uh, international flavors. I love diversity in food. My style of cooking is French contemporary, so it's really classical French with more modern, eclectic twist to it. Uh, that's what I'm trained in. That's what my expertise is. But I truly love, uh, I love Asian food. Like I love Thai food. I love Vietnamese food. I love Indonesian food. Um, I find the flavors really interesting. Indian food, like I'm crazy about that. Just big, bold, sort of in-your-face flavors, and that's really where I draw inspiration. So I eat out a lot. Uh, you know, I, I always try new stuff. I'm, I'm never afraid to try new stuff, and I'm always looking for. Uh, really unique uh, food things to consume. So, and I draw a lot of inspiration from that. Okay. Yeah. No, you definitely have introduced me to some different uh, flavor palettes that before working with you once upon a time, I had never tried. Now, let me ask you is there a dish that you know celebrities seem to ask you to make a lot? Is there a trend that celebrities kind of bring to your attention or is it whatever you suggest and they'll eat it? You know what? Um, a, a huge swath of my sort of cooking for celebrities per se uh, was done uh, at a restaurant in Toronto uh, for many years. And, and um, what I noticed a lot is um, a lot of celebrities, they do, they eat pretty healthy, like they eat, they eat pretty healthy and, or looking for healthy stuff. You got some celebrities that don't care and they just live in excess. But for the most part, most celebrities are obviously it's part of their business to be in relatively good shape. You know, they, they really, they live that, that sort of 
mentality and that thought and, and uh, eat healthy food. So a lot of the stuff that I cook tended to be around more healthier, I, even, though I'm not a, even though I'm not a really health food cook. Um, we would create dishes that be a little light, less in calories, still flavorful, still unique, giving a great experience, some unique food, but um, deliver the health level. So, you know, the, the lower calories, lower fat. One of the dishes seemed to, that we cooked a lot of was uh, was one of my signature dishes, which is an ordiketti pasta. So a small pasta. It's sort of like a really funky version of chicken soup. So basically, it's uh, it's like a dark chicken stock. It's called a fond de viande, like a dark, um, really rich chicken broth. That's, that's slow cooked with, uh, we call them poussins or baby chicken bones. Okay. Uh, it's got lots of spinach, lots of uh, cremini and uh, shiitake mushrooms in it. Um, and you saute those together and lots of garlic, uh, ginger, you use the broth, you cook the ordiketti and you put uh, tons and tons of spinach through it. And uh, what you've got is, uh, and a little bit of truffle. So what you have is this really nice sort of rich, almost like, like the best chicken soup you'd ever have, but it's, it's actually really clean eating. So it's, it's uh, low calorie. It's uh, quite healthy. It's a lot of bone broth. Like it's, it's healthy stuff. Oh my God. We should not have these interviews when I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just salivated. Like, wow, that just sounds very good. It doesn't even sound low calorie. So, okay. Remind me to one day ask you to make that. Okay. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. Will. So now you own J Red and Co in Brampton mm-hmm. and I'm sure you have a home run dish. So what's that one dish that everybody seems to want there? You know what? Here at J Reds, we do we do a lot of eclectic food. So we have we've had we've hit some real real big home runs with really unique dishes. Um, our number one selling dish since the day we've opened is called our Thai Fighter. It is a Thai street food dish. Basically, it's a uh, it's something called a pad soy guy. It's a version of that, the traditional dish. We just do a little bit of a twist on it, but it's rice noodles. It's in a coconut um, chili fish sauce, a very special kind of soy sauce. It's got chicken shrimp. It's like a pad thai, but it's it's uh, it's it's not sweet. It's more savory and with a little bit of spice with it as well. So uh, really rich, full, really fresh flavor, and then tons and tons of fresh Thai basil to finish it off. So it's a really fresh tasting, uh, but rich tasting Thai dish. I feel like that's the dish I had at your restaurant that I didn't want to share with my husband. So I'm remembering, yes, that was... Fun. That could be it. Yep. Yeah, that could be it. We also have another dish that, uh, that just sells like crazy, and this is amazing. It's called um, nasi goreng. And nasi goreng is an Indi- in, uh, Indonesian. Nasi goreng means fried rice, basically, in Indonesian and Malaysian and whatnot. Um, so in Malaysia and, and Indonesia, you've got nasi goreng is like national dishes. So they just they call it fried rice, but it's actually a specific dish. Every little town makes a different nasi goreng, and they sort of fight over like who makes the best nasi goreng. It's basically a sautéed rice dish with beef, chicken, and shrimp in it. It's got a yellow Indonesian curry sauce that goes into it. Although it's not wet, if you cook it right down so it's dry, so it's a rich dish. Uh, and then we use caramel, we use uh, crispy onions and lots of green onions and ginger and galangal uh, mixed all the way through. It's a beautiful dish, really flavorful, uh, rich, and uh, just like the flavor explodes in your mouth. It's one of my favorite dishes. Oh my God, I love it. I haven't even had it and I love it. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome, <laughs> man. And you know, um, I know you've made a lot of media appearances on TV shows across Canada. Do you want to let our listener know, our, our listenership actually know where you've been and where they've seen you? Yeah, for sure. Um, many years ago, I, I did a show called uh, Recipe, uh, called uh, Restaurant Makeover, which uh, was really my foray into TV. Uh, I started, that was probably around uh, two of the year 2001 or 2002. It was the first seasons. And Restaurant Makeover was a pretty popular show on Food Network uh, where they, they redesigned restaurants in seven days. Uh, so I did that for a season or two as a cast member. Um, I did a show on uh, Global and on Food Network on an HGTV called Recipe 
Vista Riches in the, for about two or three seasons. And that was like a home competitive cook reality show. Uh, people competed for $250,000 and they had an opportunity to have an item uh, be sold by Loblaws right across the country as a featured item. Ah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was Marilyn Dennis's house chef for, for uh, three years. I basically uh, would be on her show three to four times a month featuring items around the holidays or whatever she needed. They would call and I would go and do some you know, on, on air fun stuff for, for everyday living and stuff. So I did that for a lot of years. So that's sort of, that's sort of my repertoire of, of, uh, of TV stuff over the last 10 years, 12 years. So, yeah, I like it. Um, and you mm-hmm. know, cause I think that's where I first saw you. I think it was on recipe to ridges and then I ended mm-hmm. up working with you and I was like, wow, I might learn how to cook now. And you'd be happy to know that I cook every day now. That's awesome. <laughs> so Jason, how do you do the juggling of, you know, owning a restaurant, you have a family, you have media appearances and like, how does this all work for you? Do you have any backup Rossos? Do you train anybody to be just like you? I am lucky. Cause I've got, uh, I've got a really good team of guys, uh, folks like, um, my, my executive chef for J red Cal is a, is, a, is a great young guy, really talented, uh, really runs the restaurant, takes care of the food program here. And I sort of help him along with ideas and creative, but he really is in charge of making sure the food is amazing. Uh, I've got two restaurant managers, Chantel and, and, uh, and Heather, and they really take care of a lot of business for me. It frees me up, uh, in my pizza place. Uh, I've got a guy named Amaval. He's like a pizza virtuoso at the juice and Rocco's. That's our, that's our pizza restaurant. Um, where is your pizza restaurant? It's uh, right on main street in Brampton. It's called juice and Rocco's. And it's a really, juice and Rocco's. yeah, it's a really cool New York style. Uh, pizzeria incredible 12 inch 18 inch pizzas we do some really cool sandwiches we got wicked mac and cheese on the menu there's six or seven different kinds of mac and cheese and it's a great little place and the guy that runs it for us Amoval, is literally one of the most talented guys i've ever worked with when it comes to pizza and italian food and stuff and he does an amazing job so so yeah that, that those guys really free me up they, they take care of a lot of stuff and they give me an opportunity to uh to get off and do uh, the things that i really like to do which is the media stuff and open new businesses and you know I got two little kids and spend time with them and, you know, <laughs> you know why? Yes. You seem to juggle it well because you, you have a good chill vibe about you. And I mean, that thing, that tells me you're doing something right, Jason. Yeah. Now, I guess early on in your career, when it came to food, did you ever have moments of self-doubt and were like, were you ever not sure about a dish and how did you kind of work through that? I think, you know, the food itself is a trial and error. I, I never really had a lot of self-doubt about my abilities to make good food because you know you sort of go into being a chef saying i'm going to create something and if you're if you're a good chef and if you're a, a critical thinker you sort of realize it's not going to be every cup of tea so you, you you know you put it out there some people love it some people hate it i've created dishes that are i'm like eh, i don't really like this dish i'm going to try and people went crazy over it and then there's times where i'm like oh my god I'm, I'm this dish is unbelievable i'm losing my mind how good this is and i put out the people like yeah it's okay you know or my staff they'll try and they're like yeah you know it's, it's good it's just you know it's okay like Huh. And you're sort of like, ah, um, when it comes to the overall thoughts around creativity and stuff, I don't really have a lot of self doubts, but what happens is in our business, in the restaurant business, especially at a high level and high profile jobs, there's a lot of reviewing, right? Like you get reviewed a lot. Like Jay Reds has, I mean, we've an open out, this is our fourth year, we're in our fourth year. We have, uh, probably close to 6,000 reviews wow. uh, on us on very, on various media sites. And, and for the most part, most of them are excellent. But you do get reviews that, that are not great, right? And, and uh, you know, you sort of think, well, geez, you know, are we doing something wrong? Am I doing something wrong? You do take things with a grain of salt. Where I do feel, or I have in the past, not so much anymore, but I have in the past felt very uh, vulnerable is, uh, you know, when professional reviewers, like when, when people are doing restaurant reviews in the paper or on really big publications, Toronto Life or these other big places, you know, these, these restaurant reviewers are, you know, a little more skilled. They've certainly been around a little more. They have much more of a critical eye. 
Um, you'd like to think that they're they're more trained and know a little bit more about than the general public. Some don't, um, and the reviews are worth what they write. Uh, but you tend to get a little bit upset when you get a bad review. And I've had a couple of bad reviews. I've had a lot, but I've had a couple of bad reviews, and it really hurts. Like it hurts to to see that, and you start thinking about, man, you know, should I be doing this? I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I here? Uh, this is ridiculous business. Uh, I can't believe these people. Blah blah blah. You know that kind of stuff. So. Well, you know, they say that it's a hard business, the restaurant business, but I think that you are certainly someone that needs to be in it because one of the cuisines I think that's really rare to find done well is anything with a French twist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's very rare. I mean, that's something that I have to say is phenomenal that you do, but I've never eaten a dish that I haven't liked that you've made. So, I mean, in terms of reviews, have you ever been reviewed by Amy Pataki? I think she's with the Toronto Star. I haven't been reviewed by Amy Pataki, but I had a great conversation with her uh, quite a few years ago about um, when I was the director of operations of the distillery district. I'm sort of in and out of the kitchen. I obviously was in the restaurant business or food business 30 years, but I spent quite a few years outside of the kitchen as an operations director of the distillery and where I managed all the food. It was a restaurant business, so I oversaw, you know, 500 cooks and all the events and all the food. But more on the director side of things, and uh, and um, I was sort of away from the kitchen when she came into the scene, and um, I, I did. I haven't had a review by her, but I had a great conversation with her about uh, a market we had open at the distillery, and just grab and go food. We were talking about uh, the trend of food moving to quick service, people picking things up as opposed to going to full service restaurants. How is that going to impact the future? And this was quite a few years ago. This is probably this is a good six years ago, I think. So. I guess off the cuff, do you still see that that's a trend? People really want to have delicious food, but on the go? Yeah. I mean, you know, the restaurant, like the restaurant, like our restaurant is an experience, right? Like it's a night out. Like even though it's a casual fun place, like it's a big 220 seats, lots of live music. It's not formal by any means, but going to a restaurant takes some time. You got to go drive there. You got to get out. You got to sit. Like you're there for an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes to get the experience. And then you leave again, right? And people just, I don't just don't think they have that kind of time much anymore, you know? And, and they really look to convenience, quick service, speed. And we see that a trend. Like a lot of the restaurants that are that are doing well and that are picking up majority of the markets are picking up because they're quick service. Because people can go in, they can grab something in five minutes, either take it home or eat it there very quickly, but they have it in front of them within minutes, you know, a Subway, a Freshie, like that kind of stuff. Yes. And I, you know what? I think it's really smart that you opened a pizza concept because that probably satisfies that appetite in people. When they want your food, but they're in a rush, they can go to your pizza concept. Yeah, absolutely. Tell our listeners one more time what that's called again. It's called Juice and Rocco's. Juice and Rocco's Pizzeria. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Juice and Rocco's Pizzeria. Okay. Now, if you were starting all over again, knowing what you know now, what would you give a young chef in terms of advice? I would say go to university and become a dentist. (laughs) 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 Um, You know what? Uh, It's a really, really tough industry, the, the restaurant business. And the chef business is not like it used to be. Uh, there was lots of opportunity. I mean, there's, there's, everybody's looking for cooks. Like there's, there, there's never enough cooks out there and there's never enough chefs to fill the roles that people need all over North America, all over the world. But it's a tough business and you give up a lot to be a chef I and mean, you've got to be committed to it. Uh, it's got to be a choice you're making from your heart. You've got to be super passionate about it because it's relentless. You work 16, 17 hours a day in a kitchen, getting yelled at by a chef or a sous chef, you know, making food that you love and having a customer send it back saying, nah, I didn't like it or this was crappy or that was crappy. It's really difficult. Uh, to adjust to, and if you're not really emotionally committed to that, um, it's a big choice. And the other, the other, the other piece of advice I give is travel. Is you got to go and travel. I was lucky enough that I left home uh, when I was 17. I moved to Asia, 
uh, had great experiences. And I think um, seeing different cultures as a chef, uh, not just food, but seeing working in kitchens with people from different cultures, seeing how they work in kitchens had really broadened my abilities and given me a different perspective that, that I really took through the, you know, the next 25 years uh, of my career that really helped me uh, become a great chef from a food standpoint, from uh, a people management standpoint, and, uh, and from a creative standpoint. So you got to be, you got to, you got to want to travel. And I think it's really, really important. I tell this to all the chefs when I'm, when I'm teaching, when I'm uh, guest chefing somewhere, uh, when I'm mentoring uh, groups, which I do sometimes, uh, my number one thing is get away from the country. Like, you know, get get on a plane, go somewhere. The greatest thing about food and cooking is that, man, it, it happens the same way everywhere. You can work anywhere in the world very easily. You can walk into a place and if you know how the fundamentals of a kitchen, you know how to cook and the fundamentals of cooking, uh, you can work in any country at any time in any place. Yeah, that's really solid advice because I think that all of the food I've tasted that you've made shows the influence of international cuisine. And that might be why I really like it because that's the type of food I really like to eat. And so I guess what I want to ask you now is, are there any collaborations or future chef projects or anything that you're working on right now that you want to tell our audience? Anything you want to tell? Because I know some things you cannot talk about. Yeah, um, I, I, mean, I don't have any new food concept stuff coming down the pipe. I'm doing a lot of consulting work right now, which is really cool. And it's a lot of fun because I'm working with new restaurant guys and older restaurant guys are doing some revamping stuff. Um, I've got a couple of projects working on there, but I mean, they're not my projects. Uh, we just sold our, our company. We had a company called Chef's Plate, which was really amazing. Uh, we just sold that. And um, that was a great company. And that was a big project we worked on for four years. Uh, so right now, I'm sort of in between my own personal big projects. I mean, my wife and I have my hands in other businesses. And uh, we're looking at expanding those businesses right now. So, so that, that's sort of where we're at. That sounds awesome. And now, because I just have to tell our audience something I witnessed with you, and I had never seen this before, but I remember not knowing anything about chefs or food, really, and being the person who said, I like food, but I don't cook. And then I saw you walk into a kitchen, and everybody stood up at attention and stood back and showed you so much respect. So how did you make them respect you like that? That's usually fear. Fear? <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? I mean, I've always been... Um, I've always been a very respectful uh, type of chef. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've had very big chunks of my career where I was a yeller and screamer and can be really intimidating. I'm not really a small guy. I'm a pretty big guy. I got lots of tattoos. Uh, I get heated very quickly. I'm Italian, so my temper flies off the handle very fast. Um, and I can be intimidating at times, um, uh, or sure, I've been told. But one of the things that I always do is to make sure that I pay my respects to guys that are working in the kitchen. So if I want respect from a kitchen team, um, I will give my respect and my, my listening and my time, uh, my knowledge. And I try, I always have tried to do that with every, um, team that I've had with groups of people that I had is I, I want to respect them as much as, as much as I can. And, and, and I don't remand, demand that respect in return at all. I, I, I am very happy when they give it to me and, and where moments like that, where, you know, teams of people respect my time, respect, uh, my time, um, that I've given in the industry. Um, it's mutual. So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's sort of a mutual thing that we get to that point. So awesome. Well said. I do believe that the respect we give people is the respect we get. But to the audience listening, it was something you all had to see. I wish I had a little drone camera because it blew me away. I was like, wow, I've never stood back when my mother cooked like that. But Jason Rosso demands a lot of respect. So, Jason, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Yeah, we're at, uh, so my Twitter handle is actually my name. So it's at Jason Rosso. Uh, J-A-S-O-N-R-O-S-S-O. 
Um, the symbol is the, is the J Red symbols, but the but the at sign is Jason Rosso. Instagram is is uh, at J Red and Co, and our website is at J Red and Co, all phonetically spelled. Perfect. So your website is www.jredandco.com, right? That's correct. Yeah. Awesome. Jason, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Superstar PR. I think we made the audience hungry, but you know what? I'm excited to interview you again in the future because every time I talk to you, something huge and new has happened. I feel like (laughs) I caught you in a good little moment in time. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Superstar PR. New episodes are available every other Friday. And you know, we would love your feedback. So please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe to Superstar PR on your favorite streaming service and visit www.nikkiinc.ca to sign up for podcast alerts and notifications. Thank you so much for listening.